Hello to our listeners and welcome to the ninth episode of the EDSO Policy Podcast Series. I'm Anita, Junior Policy Officer at EDSO, and today joined by our special guest Alberto Donini, Research Associate Distribution Grid Monitoring and Automation at the RWTH Aachen University and Fraunhofer FIT. Buongiorno Alberto and glad to have you here today. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, Anita. Uh, welcome everybody. I'm very happy also to be here and to share with you the insights. Before we start with the first question, I'd like to give a bit of a background to this episode. We know that the ability for grid operators to easily integrate systems and data to ensure safe and reliable power is becoming increasingly important as the growth of distributed energy resources being added to the grid is accelerating. This is why today in this episode we focus on the issue of interoperability, a topic that is often hard for implementers to stop and take a minute to think about. Here at EDSO, we consider interoperability as one of the central pieces to make the European digitalization and the green transition a reality. It has a cross-sectoral enabling function for a future customer-centered, decarbonized and data-driven energy system. And so innovative energy services, including demand-side flexibility, can come from other ecosystems closely related to smart metering, such as, for example, electromobility, but also the building sector. So in this episode, we aim to bring a long game perspective on how to tackle interoperability and on how to support the clean energy future. Against this background, let's start with the first question, Alberto. Can you explain to our audience why we talk about interoperability at all? For example, DSOs and suppliers have been exchanging and managing consumer data for a long time. What is new on this front? Yeah, it's uh, an interesting question. So it's uh, totally correct. So we were always exchanging the, the data, but what we are experiencing right now is a tremendous change in the power system point of view. So it's not only the digitalization of the power system, but it's mostly also the decentralization of the operations. Because we know we have the uh, presence of more and more uh, uh, prosumers. More and more prosumers means distributed the, the generation with uh, um, decentralized also consumption of power system. And this means that we have so new um, players in the power system that need to align each other and they need to exchange information that is uh, secure uh, and understandable. And that's why the interoperability must be extended. Moreover, together with the decentralization and the new role of the prosumers, we have also the integration of the different sectors, particularly the, the first ones that we can experience from the power system point of view are the integration with the home and the e-mobility. Because the buildings now, they are making uh, use of the electricity for the temperature control with the heat pumps, for example. And the uh, electric vehicles are now a reality. And they are charging, uh, discharging, and their role as batteries is, uh, um, they, they have a significant impact on the power system that you have. 
So these are the first uh, cross sectors that we are integrating. But uh, in the future, we see that we will integrate also the uh, the gas metering, the the, the water, uh, different aspects of the the manufacturing, and the mobility that will not be only electric vehicles, but the, all the different means of the mobility uh, will be part of this uh, data exchange with this uh, relation with the power systems. And uh, finally, we are also seeing the deployment of the data spaces. So starting from the concepts, we are now trying really to, to deploy on the field of this. And the data spaces, for, first of all, we need them because we have to integrate different business opportunities. We have to involve different actors and we don't want to restrict the use of uh, of a specific um, product, but we all, we want to open the market to all of them. And that's why we need a fair and uh, consistent data exchange among all the different actors. Data that will not be centralized, but will be distributed. And again, distributing the data means that each of the actors can understand this data. So there is interoperability among the, the, the building blocks that has to be uh, deployed. So as a takeaway, first, decentralization, the cross-sectoral integration, mostly e-mobility and in homes, but later also other sectors, and the deployment of data spaces. Exactly, yes. And what about interoperability of data exchange at a pan-European level? Do you think that is possible, or is that something that needs to be localized? It will be a mix. There are some aspects of the data exchange that will take place at pan-European level, others that will be local. It depends. I mean, interoperability can be applied to multiple targets. We have different levels, as we know, of uh, interoperability or different also um, operational uh, services that we are going to deploy. Uh, at pan-European level, we will focus on the business and the market interoperability. In particular, the, the connection of among the different operators of different countries when we want to deploy the uh, flexibilities. Flexibility services that, that they have also to take into account always the grid reliability and the security of the grid. And in this way, yes, interoperability is, is the, the first uh, objective that we have to consider. Moreover, when we think about the uh, pan-European level, the governance uh, interoperability is something that we have to keep into consideration since the beginning, because uh, we have different uh, regulatory framework among the different countries, and that's why we have to try to align and to make them uh, compatible each other. This means that we have to create this governance interoperability involving the member states uh, since the beginning in the discussion in the working group in the design phase. What will not be done at pan-European level is uh, other aspects of the operational control of the power system. In the end, the data exchanger will not be something centralized in a unique platform at the European level, but we will have uh, hierarchical systems with uh, hierarchical platforms, and uh, each of these platforms will contain different services, again in hierarchical scales, with local data hubs 
or in some cases, the data uh, exchange will be all only to, to specific actors. Because uh, we can have the case of the local for local, in which the data exchange will be only local among uh, specific systems, specific uh, actors, that is trying then to link the static system, so the necessity of the market for flexibility, with the dynamics of the power systems. With a look on decarbonization and in the framework of today's decarbonization agenda, how would you say energy data and interoperability standards support this endeavor? and also the exchange of information and an accelerated innovation. Yeah, so we we needed the standards. As I said before, we are building right now the data spaces. The goal of the data spaces is to have trusted environments in which the new actors are willing to share their data or to share their services. But the important is to have fair principles in which the data sovereignty, data governance is guaranteed. And this can be achieved by the, by the use of a standard, so to have a standardized building blocks. The point is that the standards shall be involved, so shall be deployed together with the product or the building block development. So we shall not create a building block and then standardize it. Because if we want to be sure that these building block or product will be effectively used and implemented, we have to start from the reference architecture. We have to start from open components that are agreed and accepted by the community. And together with the, the deployment of this component, we develop in parallel also the standardization process. And again, if we make a use of these open source solutions, we know that we can also speed up the innovation and we increase the, the quality of the products. All right. So quite a big role for standards in this context, actually. At this point, let's have a quick look at another really important topic related to the implementation of interoperability, and in particular, a statement published by the EDPS, the European Data Protection Supervisor. This year, in August 2022, they published a comment on the draft Commission Implementing Regulation on Interoperability Requirements and Non-Discriminatory and Transparent Procedures regarding the access to metering and consumption data. And in this opinion, the EDPS made a general comment where they argued that, and I quote, smart metering systems entail certain risks to the rights and freedom of individuals. They continue saying, while the monitoring of the energy consumed in short intervals can help to increase the efficiency and safety of electricity distribution, it also allows those who have access to the data to draw conclusions about the behavior of energy consumers, including natural persons. What can you say to the audience about this rather critical topic? Um, I mean, it's um, a risk that exists. We, we have to be sincere. We, we cannot deny that this risk uh, cannot be taken into consideration. The, the good point, uh, I think, that we are aware of this situation. And so it's something that has been tackled in the, in the past years. And here, for example, I want to give uh, an example with respect to the operational point of view. When we deploy specific algorithms, 
for the monitoring and the control of the low voltage grids, for example, we now in the situation for which the measurements that we collect for the field are disconnected because they are rearranged in the sense that they are not directly used by the operator anymore. So the operator uses a representation of these measurements, the only the, the practical information to calculate it uh, sets points for the voltage control, for example, but cannot directly link the owners or the, the producer for this data. Anyway, when we think about advanced data exchange solution, data exchange platforms, we are in the situation that a new governance building blocks are being deployed. And these building blocks, again, that will involve more and more users in the same data space that will trust the principles that we have, these building blocks will ensure the data owners that he is sharing with other stakeholders only specific part of data, and this is explicitly said, to which is the address of these data exchanges, so which is the data users of that, and which are the part of this data that still remains under the control of the owner and what on the other side is exchanged just for the purpose of the operational services. So in, in a nutshell, we have new principles that allows the data owners to keep complete focus and track of what is exchanging. That is a really important topic indeed. And I assume it is reassuring for our audience to hear that you are working on improvements on that side as well. So let's go back to the technological side, and in particular, artificial intelligence and digital twins. In your view, what role can these technologies play in transforming the European energy landscape? We must use these technological tools because the, the amount of data that we are being processing on the operational platforms is increasing dramatically. And this increase is due to the fact that the number of nodes, the number of prosumers is increasing. The algorithms that we are using are more and more accurate with a greater granularity. And so the classical methods, the classical mathematical methods that we were using before cannot achieve the same requirements for example, with respect to time that we had before. So these new tools uh, as the artificial intelligence, they are helpful because uh, they are faster and they are powerful. On the other side, the digital twins uh, applied to the power systems are used by us to ensure the reliability and the security, for example, of the system. So they are used for all the operational point of view, but if you want to achieve a certain objective near real time, the digital twins are the tools that allows us to, to act promptly as soon as disturbances, new effects, change of the conditions occur. Two very crucial technology. Mm. I have another question related back to the topic of open data we mentioned earlier in our discussion. For what reason it is important to identify certain data sets, which are then made available as open data for certain use cases? And how can open data be managed in general? 
we need the open data because we are again increasing the the accuracy of the operational services that we are deploying and the increase of this accuracy involve also that uh, we don't use anymore only the, the basic power systems data with a low granularity but we also keep the keep into account the interdependencies among the different measurements interdependencies among power system measurements and also measurements that are outside of the electrical world for example from the weather forecasts or the, the behavior of the, the users so these metadata are now part of the algorithm that we are deploying one thing is that if we use this open data we have to comply with the rules so we have a regulatory frameworks for the use of this open data. It means that this open data are standardized with respect to this governance point of view. And again, the sovereignty must be taken into account. How can we manage the, the open data? We have tremendous efforts that is being carried out at a European level with respect to joint activities for shared and open repositories. And this is a reliable starting point that we have to consider when we use open data. I think about all the um, European projects, uh, Bridge, uh, ATIPSnet, uh, AIOTI, BDVA, there are so many. And um, in the end, just to conclude, uh, open data are necessary to us uh, if we want to speed up these developments. Makes sense. A lot of data to handle. All right, so we come already to the last question of this episode which refers to policy at EU level. Alberto, could you illustrate for our audience what an increasingly cross-sectoral interoperability policy could mean for the implementation? I would like to start again from a basic concept that the investment on the digitalization are now the, the main force and the main target with respect to the investment on the greater reinforcement. Because we have proved that the digitalization is economically and environmentally more efficient. Deploying the digitalization, it means that we have to integrate IoT devices. We have to integrate the devices not only from the electrical power system applications, but also from the cross-sectors applications. For example, IoT devices are related to the e-mobility, IoT devices are related to the temperature control of buildings. And when we integrate all these devices, the European policies are extremely effective uh, from my point of view. And here I want to give a specific example. When we have to carry out the technical and the semantical interoperability. What do I mean? I mean that uh, if we have to deploy in the field new devices, we cannot rely only with vendor locked in but we have to open the possibility to all the different stakeholders that want to participate in the power system market. And the technical interoperability guaranteed by the European policies is necessary if we want to build a common European data spaces. On the other side, the standardization efforts, the policy efforts that are being placed on the semantic interoperability, 
it meant that the data that are exchanged, they are interoperable with respect to the functions that they have in the operation rather than the context of the message itself. And that this semantic interoperability is useful to have a flexible system, a decentralized system or system, and in the end to have a system that is more reliable. So these are two specific examples of interoperability for which I think that the policies are really helping and fostering the deployment of the digitalization. Good. I think that was a detailed outline for the European policymakers they can now deliver on. Before we wrap it up and close this episode, do you want to share any message with our audience? Yeah, I have some thoughts in mind. So first of all, I would like to say that, yeah, now we are speaking about building the interoperability, deploying the interoperability at different layers and aspects. We have to keep into account that this shall be done step by step incrementally. So we have to act now, but we cannot think that the data space will be done in one day. And secondly, I want to clearly say that we must be courageous, <laughs> let's say, to look also to the other sectors. We know that there are existing approaches, existing experiences from the manufacturing, healthcare, agriculture sectors that are sharing with us the same issues and we can learn really from each other. And finally, we are talking about the digitalization of the, the components, the power system, the technological point of view, but the digitalization shall involve also the, the people, the people, the, the workers that are going to yeah, deploy these devices. The knowledge level of digitalization shall grow also with them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. And thank you for the detailed and extensive insights. Thank you also to our audience. And don't forget to listen to the EDSO monthly episodes on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And have a nice day. Thank you very much for the invitation. Thank you very much for the talk. And have a nice day, everybody.